from the inkwells of Noir. To the digital screens of today. The kids present the comic book character of the month. Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be bothering you here, but your people keep telling me you're unavailable. You know, you really could be doing more for this city. Your family has a history of philanthropy, but as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. kids and thanks for listening as we delve into our comic book character of the month for february that being bruce wayne and a young batman and in particular our reads were batman year one and ego and here to review these fine works is doc doc how are you doing great angus how are you today doing fantastic fantastic and doc i know we are both excited for the return of Batman to the silver screen in The Batman. Rob Pattinson will be putting on the cowl and the cape. And we have been clued in on some of the influences that this movie will use as its foundation and a primary influence. And there's no doubt about this. You watch the trailers, you listen to those who are working on the film, have been around the film, those from the comic book industry, all of them pull a single work out as being a primary influence, and that being Batman Year One. And that is a storyline written by Frank Miller with illustrations by Dave Mazzuchelli. And it was published in 1987 through the Batman series as a new origin story for the character. This is one of many post-crisis reboots which established the DCU's history following Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's considered to be the first canon Batman story in New Earth continuity. And the tagline for this one doc was every legend has a beginning and though year one wasn't the first story to tell how batman came to be it refined his origin so well that it became the standard bearer for the cape crusaders beginnings from here on out films that touch on batman's origin both live action like batman begins and the animated mask of the phantasm all include homages to year one so i think that speaks to the impact of this series. So Doc, what have been your impressions of Batman Year One and in particular, what did you get out of this reread? Because I know you've now read this multiple times, as I have too. I'm sure most comic book fans are, we're to the point now with the movies and even, even with comic books themselves, it's like, okay, I don't need to see Batman or Superman or Spider-Man or whoever it is, their origin stories. We know it. Okay, move on. But 
if you have not read year one, this is the origin story that you need to go back and read because this is, first off, it's not just your typical where we see him as a young boy and we just progress that way. There's flashbacks to the event and it's more just focusing on Bruce Wayne developing into to the Dark Knight, into Batman. I mean, what what else is there to say? This is, this is a fantastic book in both art and story. It's just gritty. It's like a, it's like a noir kind of feel to it. And the action and the violence are so grounded in reality, it, it adds more of a visceral punch to it because it's like, oh, you know what? If there was a Batman acting in the world, I think this is how he would be. And that's what makes this so amazing is, he, you know, we don't see the Joker and Dr. or Dr. Freeze and all these other, you know, costumed supervillains. It's just he's going after organized crime. And that's what's that's the plight of Gotham at this point. It's, it's really amazing because I like that the action is so grounded and possible and feasible. Doc, that is an excellent point and really speaks to the work that both Frank Miller and Dave Mazzuchelli had just come off of when they then pursued this Batman Year One endeavor. And that was Daredevil Born Again. The same beats. What would this world look like if there really was a Daredevil in there? You had Daredevil going against organized crime, namely Kingpin. And Kingpin in a highly functional, realistic role, not a sensationalist superhero role where I'm being blown up and I survive kind of deal. Everything had a gravity, a weight to it, a street, a grittiness to it that made it very real, very dangerous. And I think Mazzuchelli just captures that vision beautifully on every one of these pages. And I love the focus on Jim Gordon and him coming into Gotham and seeing a lot of this story through his eyes. Yes, you do see it through Bruce Wayne's eyes. You see what a young Bruce Wayne is going through as he is training himself. He's readying himself. He's getting himself acclimated to what Gotham is right now. It is not the city that he grew up in as a kid. This thing has devolved over time and is just absolutely vicious and a character all unto its own, meaning the city of Gotham. But then here comes Jim Gordon from Chicago into Gotham City and into a corrupt police force and how he has to navigate his way around that while also then being aware of this masked vigilante, this Batman who's on the street. And will this Batman be friend or foe for him in the context of what he is having to battle institutionally within the Gotham police force? It's fantastic writing. It is. And, it, and this is this is just as much a Jim Gordon story as it is a Bruce Wayne slash Batman story, for sure. This is him first coming to Gotham and realizing, wow, this is a cesspool of corruption from the highest ranks down to the street level. And what am I going to do? How am I going to clean this city up? And it, it is. It's uh, I, I actually love the, uh, the Jim Gordon arc in this. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And Doc, when we're looking at the influences and the beats within this the batman film that's about to come out i believe one of the scenes depicts batman the rob pattinson character as bruce wayne but in what looks to be like a bomber jacket jeans boots with a motorcycle he has a scarf wrapped around his face to conceal his his mouth and nose area so all you basically are seeing his eyes and you see his his hair you know flop down 
And this is very reminiscent of the drifter character of Bruce Wayne that appears in this Batman year one, who is just Bruce Wayne going incognito, going through the seedier districts of Gotham, walking the streets to feel his way around, to get the vibe of the area, to get the, the, the heartbeat of the city so he can understand what he's about to get himself involved with. And I think very clearly that was plucked right out of these comic book pages and inserted right to that film. No doubt at all. It was it was just really interesting how Batman comes back to Gotham, or I should say Bruce Wayne comes back to Gotham City and he knows that physically, fighting-wise, he, he is ready to take on cleaning up Gotham. Gotham, but he doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't know what, how to go about it. He's like, you know, it's like almost like the psychology part of it is uh, how do I approach it now? I mean, I'm fit. I'm ready to go. But what, what's the first step? So like you mentioned, I was walking through the streets just kind of looking for trouble. But he's also a hugely highly pro, um, profiled individual in Gotham. I mean, his parents, um, well-known citizens, his father, and he's one of the richest men in Gotham, if not the richest. And so it's like, how do I do this without people knowing who I am? And, and it's, it's just, I think it was just masterful how we see his journey going from first getting off that boat in Gotham or plane, I should say, and then making his way to what he finally takes on that the air of the Batman. And it's it's a really cool journey. It's it's one of the it's one of the greatest arcs I've read in Batman ever. <laughs> it's so good. It, it is. It, it absolutely is. And like you said, Doc, I love how grounded in realism the series is. The the city, the the feel no costumed villains running around, which again, you can be a costumed villain. It can still be gritty. Just take a look at the Dark Knight film that came out and Heath Ledger's depiction of the Joker. I think that's the one that's, you know, steeped the most in, in realism thus far. It, that does not look comic book characterish at all. That looks like some psychotic villain out there. So what you get is both a love for the city and a respect and fear of the city out of not only Frank Miller's dialogue through the characters he's developed here and the introduction of the Selena Kyle character and what Selena Kyle actually does for a living here. She is a working girl in, in this uh, depiction and where she lives. You have your Bruce Wayne character just really wanting to understand his situational environment and Mazzucchelli delivers on all fronts as far as the art is concerned in depicting the grittiness, the shadows, the seediness of this city where you feel grimy reading this comic book. It's, it's pretty amazing the response emotionally the visceral response you get when you actually read this comic book. The, I think the only parts of light that you get in the book are some of the few scenes in the precinct when you have Jim Gordon meeting with the chief of police. And there's some light in there. But at the same time, the visuals within that office are very telling too. One that really stood out to me was at the front of his desk, there's this big stop sign. So uh, immediately you're being told visually that this police commissioner is unapproachable. He is an authority figure. And this is Gordon's institutional opposition, that something isn't right here. And I thought that was clever. 
of, of Mazzuccelli to insert those sort of beats in there. And again, with Frank Miller also being an artist, I don't know what the conversations were like back and forth between the two. But by this time, after having done Daredevil, Born Again, and how popular that book was, I mean, that was a huge applaud returned by the comics book community and and such a hit over Marvel. And by this time, Frank Miller could pretty much call his shots as far as what to work on. And the fact that he and Mazzuccelli then just hightailed it now over to do Batman the way they did was was great. And and by the way, folks, this is a huge departure artistically from the Dark Knight Returns because, again, if I'm not mistaken, Doc, that Frank Miller also illustrated that book, correct? Yeah, okay. Now, the artwork styling in that one, I, I love the story. And I know that that story has been used in as inspiration for also Batman films. Uh, everyone from Tim Burton to the last series that we ended up getting with Nolan. But I, for me, that art in there, I I know some folks who love that art and they love that art styling. I'm not so much a fan of it. It's it's fairly blocky. It uh, it, it looks somewhat primitive compared to how Mazzuccelli translates. Frank Miller visually on these pages. I, I just think this is a masterful pairing of, of two incredible talents at the heights of their creative dominance and, and abilities. They did. I think Mazzuccelli's art, he just completely complimented Miller. They're, they were, like you said, I would love to see the notes back and forth, but it seemed like they were just on the same page for everything. The, the Just the guttural reactions you get to looking at the actual coloring in each in each page. They both work together to make Gotham City. It's not a backdrop. It's a character. The city is a character in this, without a doubt. It is so gritty, and um, but the artwork, it just makes it come alive. That it's, uh, it's, it's just so, I can't imagine a better pairing. Maybe Capullo and Snyder, um, I think they can be comparable but I mean, you just get some artists and some writers that just work so good together, and it's just a match made in heaven. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, Doc, where would you like to leave our listeners with respect to themes that perhaps were plucked out of this Batman Year One, or and or maybe even some of the visual stylings? Okay, that are now influences or what you what we should look out for watch for when going into theaters to see the batman uh, definitely the um the more i think we're going to get a little bit more grounded with with the batman in this movie than we have seen in other movies maybe even more the detective which we still haven't really seen a good movie that shows batman as the detective because that is a main side of him i think we're going to get a little bit more of that even though we do have costumed villains in the movie um, i think we're still going to get a lot of the themes that we see where it's going to be a little bit more grounded it's him finding his way to becoming this uh, I, I i like to see it as like because we talked about that jim gordon and bruce wayne i think they're equally highlighted in this in this series in zero uh sorry year zero sorry year one <laughs> and uh, i have too many windows open but we see like jim gordon's journey is he's becoming you know he's kind of like a stranger in a strange land first coming to gotham and we see his journey to becoming becoming a man the man that's going to save the city in his way and when we see bruce wayne we kind of see his journey as he wants to become a legend he wants to become like this nightmare 
compared to, to the criminals, and he wants to become a savior to good people of Gotham City. So he wants to become like this something altogether, like, what's the right word I'm looking for? A symbol, not a man. He wants to become like a symbol. So it's interesting that we see those two, and the way that Miller does that with the writing is, and, and the artwork too, does a lot for this as well. So I think we're going to see those kind of themes as well in uh, in the Batman movie. I wouldn't doubt if we saw those two kind of themes as well. And I think we're too, we're going to get a really dark image of Gotham City itself as well. I agree on on all counts there and pretty much that is, that is where the central focus will be as Batman Year One influence begins to reveal itself when we go to see the Batman. So let's turn our attention now to our second read. And this one came highly recommended by you, and it's called Ego. And this paperback collected stories from the Batman universe, which were written and or illustrated by Darwin Cook. It's centered around a one-shot, Batman Ego, and was published in June of 2007. Doc, you had done an outstanding article for CBR.com, comicbookresource.com, that you published in August of 2020 in saying that director Matt Reeves said that the Batman is inspired by Darwin Cook's Batman Ego, where Bruce and Batman literally separate. And you go into really fine detail here how this indeed is an inspiration also for this film. So where we've been concentrating outward with Batman Year One and how Gotham will look and how Bruce Wayne will interact with the city and the criminal elements. This now turns inward into Batman as a being. So would you please delve into that a bit and take us through your analysis here of Batman ego and what you believe this may be bringing to the screen. Yeah, this ego is, I, I probably wouldn't list this as one of my favorite Batman arcs, but I think it's so important because it really does dive into the psychology of who Batman is and who Bruce Wayne is and how he is, um, how Bruce Wayne is trying to integrate this idea of Batman into his psyche without losing himself and losing his humanity. Because so easily, Batman could resort to over-violence in situations that would warrant it. It picks up with the uh, the aftermath of, of a Joker, of the Joker, of one of his, you know, horrible crimes that he commits and it kind of goes into the story and we and batman he basically has a split with himself he's like you know what i'm not doing anything i don't think gotham's any better than it ever was from when i started he goes i am no longer going to be batman and all of a sudden that part of him his, that part of his psyche which is batman it actually separates and he's having a conversation with himself it's Bruce Wayne talking to Batman. And obviously you can see the two sides. The the Bruce Wayne part of his personality is the rational person who is a good man. He really wants to do good in the world, but he's 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 starting to question himself. But he's the rational person. Batman is he's just kind of like that raw violence and that just vengeance that came to life. He won't let Batman give him up. He goes, that's fine. He goes, if you want to, maybe we can work it out. I'll just take over like in Two-Face. Two-Face doesn't know, or Harvey Dent doesn't know when Two-Face takes over. So we'll do the same thing. You can just take a back seat and let Batman run free and I will clean this city up in no time. And Bruce Wayne didn't feel comfortable with that because Bruce Wayne doesn't want to kill because he doesn't, he thinks that killing, he's not doing anything. All he's doing is adding to more murder and horrors in the world by killing. And finally they come to this agreement by the end of the story that okay i'm gonna let you know he, he doesn't give in to batman he's always he always wants to have bruce bruce wayne in control and he goes i will though i will let batman we will do what we have to do to clean up the city but we will do it without 
murdering people. Batman reluctantly agrees because he does want to be around and it kind of it kind of comes together this way. So I can see how um, just from some of the trailers we get that kind of brooding looking Batman, but I think it's going to be more than just a brooding Batman or Bruce Wayne. I think it's going to be this kind of this kind of when he first starts out he goes, you know, I can I can kind of see and you can almost see it in uh, in year 1 as well. It's like, well, how far do I go? I mean, this place Gotham City is pretty bad, so how far do I have to go to make my point to show, you know, to give the good citizens safety and to show the criminals that I mean business. You know, how far is too far and how far am I willing to go? Am I willing to give up my humanity for this and become just as bad as the people I'm fighting? And I think that's where the ego story will come into the movie and I think it'll add a really nice like psychological element to it. Yeah, Doc, that is beyond what some critics are describing the look and feel visually of what Rob Pattinson's looks like here. They're they're saying, okay, this is emo Batman. No, 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 no. This is not going to be emo Batman. Particularly, we're, we're we're beyond emo. We're now into complex psychological profiles on the screen. So I think you're hitting the mark here with respect to in those scenes where we're going to have a contemplative Batman character. We're going to start going down this path here that's revealed in Ego. And although the compilation of all of these works that are in this graphic novel, Ego being the central, but there's some other works uh, later there done by Darwin. Th- this story was a one-shot in 2000. So, uh, and the reason I'm uh, I'm bringing that to bear here is because when you have 87 being Batman year one, and now you have 2000 getting into Ego, I think this is a great marrying of trends and styles of the Batman character. You had a street level element happening and a grounding happening in the 80s with Batman. And then we have this exploration, this this mental exploration of Batman, Bruce Wayne, and as you just brought to light here, Doc, that conflict of how far does this get taken and how much Bruce Wayne in order to stay Bruce Wayne and be able to participate in Gotham's society and culture has to silo these two distinct characters within his own mind and really treat them as separate beings a lot of the time, while also, and I think this is beautifully said, Doc, not lose his own humanity or go nuts over it. In this ego story, it's one of Joker's cronies, Buster Snibs, committing suicide right in front of him because he feels that even though Joker is locked up, uh, he can still get to him and, and and would eventually haunt him. So he he just Snibs can't uh, can't take it anymore, and boom, he's gone. Well, this sets Bruce off on this exploration, Batman off on this journey to try to reconcile these two egos. Within him, one of Bruce and the other one, this Batman. And it is absolutely fascinating. I felt at times this bordered on the conflict when some writers and artists have bothered to delve deep into Two-Face, the Harvey Dent character. You're now seeing a more complex psychology uh, unfolding here with Batman that really hadn't been expressed to this level of detail from even a dialogue standpoint. An inner dialogue standpoint, 
that I can recall. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's all it's always just been Batman's, you know, he's fueled by vengeance for, you know, getting you know, getting vengeance for his parents. I think what Miller does and uh, and I think they showed in Ego as well is that violence kind of begets violence. We've seen that so many times in in different movies and it's like, you know, Batman is, you know, let's face it, he can be a violent person. How does he keep grounded? And I think that's what that's where I think Derwin started and his original question and he kind of took it from there. It's like, well, what if he wasn't? What if he was? What if he split apart? What would happen in this? And I, I think that was a, a pretty cool take on it. Yeah, and, and Darwin Cook it was not only the writer for Ego here, but he was also the illustrator. And Cook's background is pretty amazing. He was part of the animation team over on Batman the Animated Series. And Doc, visually speaking, this just just screamed that high quality visual art that we all got spoiled with. When Batman the Animated Series hit the airwaves in the 90s, this is some gorgeous art in here. And I absolutely love the menacing nature with which he portrayed the Batman persona. And, and then the, the contemplative, very sincere Bruce Wayne and this dynamic tension between the two as they are having it out and battling for control over Bruce's actions. And I, I liked the, the deep dive if you're into Batman lore and understanding the influences of of Batman and what Bill Finger and also and isn't that great, Doc? That I've now gotten to the point where because he was forgotten for so long, Bill Finger comes out of my mouth first. We've reached that, but where Batman and, and frankly young Bruce Wayne would take inspiration from Zorro and and that tale that's depicted here in this book. I loved the use of that because that Zorro character parallels that Bruce Wayne journey in so many different ways within the creation of Batman to go ahead and fight injustices where the law can't come to bear and effectively intervene on behalf of the citizenry. Uh, It's it's the, the thoughtfulness, I guess, with which Cook went about crafting this tale and pulling in back history and mythos and then fueling it with this really dynamic dialogue back and forth between the Batman character and the Bruce Wayne character and this battle over uh, prominence within it is just really awesome. And, And the flashbacks that were used between Bruce and his father and just discussing life in general and and attitudes and how and the city and you know what what's my role in all of this it, it's a very thoughtful exploration without being whiny without being emo uh a, a, at all it, it's it's compelling it, it's very compelling and i can see why you've singled this out as as perhaps being a an influence driver for when we get to see Rob Pattinson's Batman Bruce Wayne come to grips with the reality of what he's about to embark on. Yeah. And I, I think it's what's powerful with his artwork too, with uh with uh, Cook's artwork in this. It's interesting to me how Bruce views Batman. Oftentimes 
the Batman that he's talking to is like kind of a snarling, almost a demonic looking creature. You know, it's like, cause it's like he's split and he's, he's, you know, like that whole, like we mentioned that, that violence begets violence. And it's like Bruce is disconnecting himself from being that violent part of himself. And so I thought that was really interesting. That And then by the end, when they kind of reconcile, you can see that Batman is back to being the Batman that we're used to seeing and just, you know, like, you know, focused and stern, but not, not crazy anymore. Not like this demonic figure. So it's interesting how it's almost like the through the art could kind of uh has established that you know bruce he doesn't you know maybe necessarily want to be as violent as he is it's just he knows he has to be to deal with the elements that he's dealing with especially for somebody like the joker shouldn't a rational man have killed the joker by now he's killed so many people that batman could have saved if he would have just taken the step of killing joker himself and it goes into that whole debate as well and i really like how um bruce wayne and batman reconcile that as well so it's 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 really good writing an art it's a it's a really good story and if you haven't read it before it really does add that really psycho psychological aspect to a bruce wayne yeah doc i uh, the most powerful panel for me in this and mind you this is really tough to to choose but if i had to say hey look take a look at this panel and if you are not compelled to read the story after viewing this i you know i don't know what what'll move you to but there is this one depiction of the psychosis that is happening here and the display of this violent nature of of Batman where he is in almost looking like a ring wraith from the Lord of the Rings shouting down at Bruce Wayne as he's walking down this elevated plank with these floating cracked skulls all around and it says I will show you blood I will show you death and that is Batman screaming down at Bruce Wayne as Bruce is in trepidation trying to walk along this pathway which is metaphorically saying, hey, look, he, he is trying to navigate his way through this Batman figure who right now, as Bruce is feeling it, is in a bloodlust fit of rage and having to temper those instincts there. It, 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 visually, this was just so powerful for me. I was like, wow, this is cool. This is a cool depiction of the inner mind conflict that has to be happening here within this Bruce Wayne character. Really great stuff. Yeah, I know the exact panels you're talking about, and it, it is. It's powerful panels there with the, the skulls. And, and then he even kind of alludes, Batman even alludes to, hey, we're the ones that created the Joker, so we have to take care of this. And it's just such a powerful scene altogether. It's really good. If they have, if they have any imagery from Ego, I hope it would be that <laughs> in the movie. And that would that would be that would be amazing. That would make it such such a powerful motivator for Bruce Wayne, and also just something that makes him just stop and think. It's like I don't think I'm doing the right thing here. So it's it's great stuff. So Doc, where would you like to leave our listeners with respect to the influence of both Ego and Batman? Year one. Year one is it's something that we're still feeling in the uh, in the DC universe with Batman today. I don't think it's ever going to go away. When the new Fifty Two came around and Scott Snyder started taking over, that they made I think it was called Zero Year for Batman. It was Batman Zero Year, and they kind of redid his the origin for 
the new 52 but even with that there are so many elements of year one in zero year that it's it, it was starking and i think it was just scott snyder wanted to do kind of a clean start but he was also he also knew how powerful miller how his version was so powerful and influential that he didn't want to go completely away from it and go you know 180 degrees on it so there's a lot of things that were incorporated in there and it's definitely something that you'll see they even i mean it was popular enough that they made a year two which didn't go over so well um they actually zero year which we talked about i'm sorry um uh, zero hour which was that event that we talked about i think it was last year that we did a a show on that kind of canceled out the year two so but you can just see you know they keep going back to this year one because it was so powerful with both the imagery the artwork and the storyline that it was uh it's it's i think it's the the defining story of batman not just how we became and just you know went on this road we already know that part of it but how he actually you know when he when he after he was on that road how he worked out those final details about um how was he going to do this there's some great that one scene um i think you'll remember it well when he was on the balcony fighting off i think two or three guys it's not the batman that we know nowadays you know nowadays he's five steps ahead of the criminals he knows that if he hits somebody here he's going to go there and the other guy's going to come from this angle and blah 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 and all that where in this one he's on a balcony and he just he make he just doesn't have that kind of ability yet and he hits the guy wrong and the, and the bad guy almost falls off the balcony so he has to grab him but by grabbing him one of the other bad guys is just pounding on batman's kidneys and stuff and, uh, and so you can see he's not the refined fighter that he becomes and that's what's so awesome about this story it's we see like a very human batman we see well he's not even batman yet technically and we just see him how he's making that journey to becoming the myth and the symbol that the city really needs and that's it's definitely if you haven't read this story it is definitely worth a read or two or three the riddler is asking for you the killer left this for the batman why is he writing to you Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cats. Never think about strikes. <laughs> the bat and the cat. It's got a nice ring. You a new friend of yours? I'm not so sure. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this too. How am I part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Wayne. All these years, you lied to me, Alfred. We all have our scars, Bruce. He's still away. He's involved in this? No, he's not involved. How do you know? He's up in Delaney. Who are you under there? What are you hiding? Selena, don't throw your life away. Don't worry, honey. I got nine of them. It can be cruel, poetic, or blind. But when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. Justice. The answer's justice. Come on, vengeance. Let's get into some trouble.